Welcome once again to the Wickedly Haunting Pulp Adventures radio show, starring everyone's favorite hero of shadow and light, Dr. Phantom, the Spectre of Death. This October, we bring you a very special Halloween edition of the Amazing Pulp Adventures radio show. Long-time listeners of the show know that this time of year, Dr. Phantom takes center stage, as Mr. Adventure takes careful watch over all the ghouls, ghosts, and witches that seek treats and deliver tricks when none are to be found. So on this very special night of the year, when the foes are beyond the ability of Mr. Adventure to stop, Dr. Phantom steps in to protect all those who dwell within Sapphire City from threats from the unseen beyond. So all you parents out there might want to listen first, before letting your little monsters and princesses tune in. We want to make sure it will not cause the things that go bump in the night to become the monsters under the bed or the boogeymen in the closet. So to begin this tale of All Hallows' Eve, we take you to an odd stone structure of power that lies in the mountains outside of Sapphire City, the city of tomorrow, today. We summon from the great beyond, where the Elder God lay in slumber, waiting for the time of the weakening of the veil, the power of the three. We call forth Pain, Mortis, and Belar. We call you forth to conquer the city of Sapphire. We call forth Pain, Mortis, and Belar. We call you forth to conquer the city of Sapphire. Yes, rise, rise and come forth, giving your thanks to your masters of the Fourth Reich, we who are the master race. A burning light of purple and black icon filled the makeshift Temple of Stone from a fallen age, causing the hair on the back of the necks of all those gathered to rise. This necromantic energy consumed all who were bearing witness to the awakening of gods from a more primordial time. A time of chaos. A time of death. The light fades, leaving three forms standing over what had become a scene of horrid carnage. The chanter's limbs have been torn asunder, with their entrails dripping from the walls and ceilings. What have we done? Standing over the fallen form of the fool who had unleashed them was the bestial demonic beings, Hain of the Forever Hour, Mortis of Blackest Night, and Belair the Tormentor. I like her pretty eyes and her skin is so soft to the touch. May I, Hain? Hain nods his head. The trio gathered the remnants of their victims as they used them to mask their forms in the vestments of this modern man. Hain came together as a man of leisure, Mortis as a socialite in Nazi flesh, and with what remained, Belair was a modern-day Frankenstein's monster. The skin is tight for our natural forms and strains against what we are, but it will do for now. At least until we can gain our bearings so we can bring our brothers and sisters through to this side. I can't wait to see the monuments they have built to us in our honor since our untimely slumber at their hands. <laughs> yes, my dear friends, we will make them pay for what they have done to us, but first let us acquaint ourselves with this new age of man. The three leave in their new forms, masked as men and women, but will they be prepared to face this new atomic age of man? And what awaited them in Sapphire City, the city of tomorrow today, and those who protect it? Only time will tell. As they journey forth to the city, another stands ever vigilant. He watches over the city from above, listening for crimes that go beyond the abilities of normal men. He is Dr. Phantom, Spectre of Death, a man forever confined to the shadows between life and death. He protects those from the unseen forces even Mr. Adventure cannot fully understand. Dr. Phantom, you are needed. Dr. Phantom remains floating above the rooftops as if he had not heard the disembodied voice belonging to the Angel of Death. I said you are needed. As Dr. Phantom vanished, the trio was taken aback, almost amazed by what they had discovered in Sapphire City. I have yet to see any monuments constructed to us, save only to this god of the name of 
Jehovah, what ignorance is this? But these other wonders constructed are quite amazing. Who would have thought them capable? Yes, my dear. I'm shocked that such man-apes could create such things of beauty and death. They've evolved greatly over the millennium from what they were. Mere slaves and cattle for our pleasure or food. Maybe this Jehovah had something to do with it? There is no telling. But once we call forth our brethren, this god of the new man will not be able to stop us from taking back what is rightfully ours to rule. This trio of ancient deity, thanks to the friend's grotesque appearance and constant roaring, gained the attention of the citizens of Sapphire City, whom immediately alerted the Sapphire City Police Department of the newcomer's presence. Quickly, the trio find themselves surrounded by some of Sapphire City's finest. This is Sergeant Broderick of the Sapphire City PD. Your strange appearance and your friends... Do they really believe they are a match for us? Well, it does appear it has been quite some time since they knew their place in the natural order of things. Yes, I do believe they think they are the top of the food chain. With those monstrous roars spoken, along with Haynes' morbid comment, the Sapphire City PD was unsure what to make of these new arrivals, but they were prepared for the worst. These are the men who have dealt with the likes of Dr. Zhao and the Master of Zombies. They know what it takes to take down monsters. I will only ask you one more time. You and your friends are ordered to come with us, for your safety and that of our citizens. Otherwise, we'll be forced to take action and notify the League of Adventurous Heroes. They bore me, Hain. That's it. You've forced our hand. Weapons to the ready, men. And someone get the League on the line. I have a feeling we're going to need their help on this one. As the Sapphire City PD are about to have a showdown with this demonic trio, we need to take a break and have a word from our sponsor and a quick bit of news if time permits. Have you ever wished you could dress up like the hero of tomorrow today, Mr. Adventure? Or how about the villainous Dr. Zhao? If the answer is yes, then you're in luck. You and your friends can dress up as any of your favorite League of Adventurous heroes with Action Plays Adventure Costumes. Now you too can experience the thrill of Mr. Adventure's patented one-two punch as you wear the only official mask licensed by Mr. Adventure himself. And for all you girls out there, we have costumes for you as well. There's the Crimson Moth with real moth wings. And there are more costumes and play accessories coming out all the time. Just in time for Christmas, we will have the Solomon Stone Exploration Suit and Mr. Adventure Cold Weather Gear. But I think now it's time to get back to the show. I know I'm dying to see how Sapphire City PD is faring against Hain, Mortis, and Belair. But before we get back to them, we have a market watch with Andrew Rooney. It appears even more new businesses are flocking to our city of tomorrow today to test new products before they are released to the rest of the nation. Here are just some of the new items heading our way in the upcoming months. Sparkle water, the purest water that comes in a bottle. <laughs> don't they know that water comes out of the faucet? What a crazy idea. I don't see this catching on anytime soon, let alone any potential staying power. Another item is something called a television. It is being touted as a radio with images. Like that's gonna take off. I see it only being a fad. I mean, the images are only in black and white. 
and on a screen the size of a bread box. As long as there is a cinema, only the eccentric will own these. And finally, we have the plastic pie tin. Though this one isn't designed for baking, but for throwing. This new toy is called a frisbee. Now that one sounds like fun. This is all the time we have for Market Watch. I now turn you back over to the wickedly haunting Pulp Adventures radio show. Thank you for that view into the products of the future, Andrew. Now we return not to discover how the Sapphire City PD is faring against the demonic trio of Hain, Mortis, and Belair, but to where Dr. Phantom was taken. Dr. Phantom appeared in a void of absolute nothingness, though light from an unknown source fills this place. He showed no sense of surprise or concern over his sudden appearance there or from the voice which had summoned him. Why did you not come when you were summoned? They need me more than you. I sense the coming of a great evil the likes this age of man has never witnessed. It is a threat their champion could never do battle with and survive. And now you are delaying me from dealing with this unnatural threat. We never thought you could still possess such ignorance. Their lives are more important than the fate of my fallen soul. You do not think we know this? Why do you suppose we summoned you? The humanity which still burns inside you blinds you at times. Then I apologize for my tardiness in answering your call. Apologies are not needed. They are a thing of your past. But it seems that man has once again sought power it never should have imagined theirs to control. They have awakened three of the lesser elder gods of primordial times. Send me to them and I will return them to where they belong. You are naive. These beings come from a time before us, and their power, once fully realized, could shatter this age of man, sending them back to the slaves and cattle man once was. Then time is being wasted here. Send me before them. Send me before them so that I might stop them before the destruction of the world. You are foolish, Phantom. But very well. We will watch you fail. And we hope once your eyes are open, it will not be too late to save man from its own stupidity. I can't tell if his defiance is on purpose or something more. I hope the fool hasn't doomed us all. If he fails, it means not only the end of man, but of us all. At least you will be kept busy until the last living thing is no more. I'd hope to stop them from ever setting foot within the city. Now things will become much more dangerous. With that said, Dr. Fenton vanished only to reappear at the scene of carnage. Yes, Belair. I sense him too. This is something new. Could it be that Jehovah person we see temples built for? I am not God, far from it. But I have been sent here to return you to your slumber before you can do any permanent damage to this time. But with the power I sense within you, you could rule these feeble and frail creatures yourself. Do you not? I am here to protect man, not enslave it as you once had. I understand. Look at those fools in blue. They choose to protect and not conquer. It must be the same with this one. He is nothing more than a child with power, too full of fear to take his rightful place as their ruler. Enough of this! I give you one chance to return from whence you came, before I force your return there. I will admit you are a powerful being, but you do not realize what true power is. Enough of this! With the wave of his hand, Dr. Phantom sent out a ribbon of dark energy which engulfed the trio. Its power tickles, Hain. I have- I know Mortis, but for now. Belair, deal with him. <laughs> 
With blinding speed, which even confused Dr. Phantom's supernaturally attuned senses, Belair was upon him. He was not worried as his non-corporeal body was untouchable. They said it was to remind him that he was no longer a man, even though he might appear to be. Shock filled Dr. Phantom's shadowed face as his body collapsed with the first tangible contact he had felt since his death. He had forgotten what such a sensation of the physical felt like. A flood of memories washed over him. Blair, I know you like to play with things before you consume them, but I still want to see what this world holds for us and our slumbering siblings. <laughs> Belair moved in for the kill on the fallen Dr. Phantom, who just laid there unmoving. <laughs> Belair's powerful attack engulfed the area in a cloud of dust and debris, making the fate of our hero unknown to us. And before we find out the answer to that question, we need to go to this breaking news story. This just in over the wire from Europe. It appears that Brigadier Britain and Shadow Smasher have been killed battling the Atomic Fist. What? This can't be right. The Atomic Fist? Here's nothing but a third-rate nuisance to Mr. Adventure and the League of Adventurous Heroes. Is there a way we can confirm this news? Sorry for the delay here, but we are currently trying to uncover the source of this story and collaborate it by any means possible. We will update you on this news story as soon as we are able to. Until then, please try and enjoy the rest of the show. Thank you for that odd and distressing news update. But let us return to the fate of Dr. Phantom at the hands of Belair. The street where Dr. Phantom had fallen has been shattered by Belair's attack. What a shame. He did not survive. I wanted to take him as my own and let him serve as my pet. I am sure there will be others for you to play with for as long as you like. But for now, let us take this city as our own. Let it become our throne to rule from. In order to discover the fate of Dr. Phantom, we must travel to the estate of the archaeologist of the unknown, Solomon Stone. If all goes well, I think I have discovered the next place Aztec will strike in retrieving the artifacts of Slusho. Where did that breeze come from? I might need to throw another log upon the fire to keep the chill out. Stone! Dr. Phantom? Dr. Phantom stumbles out of the shadows towards his mortal friend. You are needed. Phantom, are you alright, sir? You are. Solomon Stone can't believe his eyes as he watched the battered and broken form of Dr. Phantom collapse to the floor. What did this to you? How can I help you? Should I notify Mr. Adventure? No. He cannot help us this this time. And I can? This time your brain is mightier than his brawn. What is it you need of me? All will be made clear after we gather one, one other. Then let us be on our way. I have never seen Dr. Phantom in such a state. I shall hate to see what power did this to him. I don't see what help I can be, even with my knowledge of the unknown. I do hope he knows what he is doing. With a wave of his hand, Dr. Phantom whisked them away to the next one he sought in stopping the rampage of Hain, Mortis, and Belair. I am glad my patrol was quiet. I am still sore after dealing with Lady and Madame Mist. Crimson Moth collapsed on her sofa, giving herself a moment to relax. It was a feeling she had almost forgotten. <sighs> oh, it feels so nice to be off of my feet, finally, and to take those wings off my back. Who would have thought they would weigh so much while looking so delicate? With the blink of an eye and no warning, Solomon Stone and Dr. Phantom appear out of thin air in the middle of our apartment. Oh, so, sorry for the intrusion, my You friend. are needed, Crimson Moth. The, fa- the fate of Sapphire City and the world lay in your hands. With the gift left to you by a 
dead friend. Whoa, wait a minute. What is going on here? I'm a little lost. To begin with, sorry for the untimely interruption. Dr. Phantom isn't one to hold himself to common courtesies of us mere mortals. Tell me about it. I still haven't forgiven him for the time he interrupted me in the shower. I can at least say I have not had such luck. So, back to business? What is going on here? It is a very good question, my dear. I'm quite curious about that answer myself. They turn to Dr. Phantom for that answer. I will explain all once you retrieve the sword given to you by the fallen knight of Avalon. Cassandra's sword? What does her sword have to do with this? Dr. Phantom just stared at her through his shadowed face, and for the moment that was the only answer he was willing to give. Fine, it's right here. I keep it over the mantle so I never forget the sacrifice she made to save us all. And she might have saved us once more. Once more, Dr. Phantom spirited the gathered heroes away without the answer to the question as to why he had gathered them together and why he had sought the sword of Cassandra, Knight of Avalon. The heroes appear where Hain, Mortis, and Belair have awakened. Crimson Moth was once again wearing her wings thanks to the power of Dr. Phantom. Where are we? Oh my god. What happened here? Crimson Moth, in all of her days battling crime in Sapphire City, had never seen such an atrocity. And she had seen the Master of Zombies at his most powerful, commanding the dead citizens of Sapphire City. I recognize these symbols, and if they are what I fear them to be, nothing can stop what these Nazi fools have unleashed upon Sapphire City and the world! Are you sure about that? I'm not entirely sure. It is going to take time for me to uncover what exactly the Nazis have summoned, or if it will even be possible to send whatever it is back. I am just glad this book and notes weren't destroyed. Already I understand why you sought out the Crimson Moth and the sword. It would be nice if someone would fill me in on that. Sorry, Crimson. The sword comes from another time, and not even from this world. It might be able to do battle with whatever was released here. Why do you need me? Why not just take the sword? For that answer, you would need to ask him. So, what's up, Doc? Why me? The sword will only function to its full potential for the one who holds true ownership over it. And that is you. It seems that with the passing of Cassandra and her gifting you the sword, you are now one of the possessors of the few items that can do battle with the dark forces that exist within the world. But looking over these books and notes, it appears they unleashed three lesser elder gods into our world. And with the stroke of luck, it appears these Nazi fiends were truly fools. Just as easily as they have doomed us, they might have given us the ability to stop them as well. The sands of time are quickly running out, Solomon Stone. I, I need to know if there is a way to stop them. These things take time, especially when dealing with Elder Gods. And to be honest, I've never heard of these three before. Hain of the Forever Hour, Mortis of Blackest Night, and Belair the Tormentor. And it's my belief these are lesser Elder Gods. And if that is so, they don't nearly possess the powers and strengths. They would make you believe they do. Then how were they able to harm me the way they did? But did they? Or did they only make you believe they had? I... I do not know. Our biggest problem is that I'm not sure if we will be able to send them home. Then what about the sword? It will hurt them, but kill them? I don't have the answer to that question right now. We need to use the power of the sword and the forces that the good doctor possesses to even begin to combat them. I don't kill. There has to be another way. I am sorry, young lady. You may not have a choice in this. It might come down to your moral code and the end of the world as we know it. I will do all I can, but I will not kill them. So you'd better find another way, Doctor. You impetuous youth! Cassandra should have never bequeathed that plate to you if you would never raise it in her honor in battle. 
Your foolishness might end all life and let loose the other elder gods upon our world. How dare you question me and how I feel about this. You act as if I don't know what's at stake here. Because I do. And I will do what needs to be done, but I am not going to take a life, be it good or evil, needlessly. I would only do such a thing as a last resort. And if I know Solomon, he will find another way. Did it ever occur to you that if these things are as ancient and powerful as you claim, that just killing them wouldn't have any repercussions of their own? I think if our good friend Dr. Richards was here, he would care to remind us that energy cannot be created nor destroyed, merely unleashed. And if just one of these three had the ability to hurt you, do you think you could contain the energies unleashed by one of their demises? I do not know. But as the Crimson Moth has been so kind to point out, I will do what must be done in order to stop these fiends. And with that finally settled between our heroes, we need to take a break to tell you about the first details of the 2008 Mask of Darkness tour, coming to a hometown con near you. We kick off the tour at StellarCon, which will be hosting Deep South Con in High Point, North Carolina. Not only will you get the chance to listen and watch a live performance of Mr. Adventure, you will get a chance to meet the cast and crew of the show. StellarCon will also be the first convention where the 2007 Tour of the Future script book will be available. Now you can read the adventures and the stories behind the tour. For more information about StellarCon, check out their website at StellarCon.org. And for more info about the 2008 Mask of Darkness tour, keep checking PulpAdventures.net for tour listings. And if you are a convention interested in the tour stopping at your con, please feel free to contact us at daviddraven at aol.com or mradventure at gmail.com. And with that said, let's get back to the show. As our heroes confronted the origins of the arrival of Hain, Motus, and Belair, another hero stepped up to try and stop the havoc these three were causing. Look, another one with a mask comes to try and stop us. How many has it been so far? I have lost count. Very well, you may have him to do with as you wish. After all, we can't let Belair have all the fun, can we? Stop right there. <laughs> you make me laugh. Though I see the potential of power coursing through your body, it has been robbed from you. Listen, lady, I have no idea what you're talking about, but I can't have you and your friends destroying my city. You need not worry. It will not be your city for much longer. I'm not one to hit a lady, but sister, you're tempting fate. How cute. No, Sapphire City. I've, I've failed you. What a fun plaything he was. Maybe I'll bring him back and keep him as a pet. Just as Morta celebrates her triumph over Mr. Adventure, our heroes arrive too late to stop the destruction unleashed by the evil trio. They cannot believe their own eyes as they see the broken and defeated body of Mr. Adventure lying at Mortis's feet. No! You monsters! Can, can my eyes be deceiving me? No! It's, it can't be true! You will pay for this, Mortis! Oh, look. The god has returned. Maybe now you will just- <laughs> never had a chance to finish what she had begun to say, as the Crimson Moth channeled all of her rage at the Elder God into a single strike of the sword. Oh, this isn't good. Foolish girl, we weren't ready. But she killed him. 
What have you done? All those gathered there are engulfed in the dark chaotic energies from another age. It took them all a moment to gain their bearings once they realized they were no longer in the city of tomorrow today, but in a much crueler, darker place. It was the first time a man of flesh, let alone a woman, had set foot there. Even Dr. Phantom, with all of his travels through the Great Beyonds, had never encountered such a place as this. It even caused him to shudder at the darkness and evil it contained. Where... where are we? I... I don't know, my child. And I'm not sure I want to know. Then let me be the first to greet you and bid you welcome to the place of your death. <laughs> I sent us with the energies to this place. A place beyond all of us. Beyond life and death. Here the fate of the mortal world will be decided. With that said, the sound of combat rung forth. Utter chaos filled the scene, and for those that fought for good, they had no strategy to stop these Elder Gods. The Crimson Moth did not have a dinner to take another life, at least not yet. As much as I cannot wait to seek your death, Phantom, I must say I'm impressed. If you are not this god the cattle now worship, you should be. I am not as compassionate as God! <sighs> you will pay for that. Solomon, you have to figure something out. We aren't gaining the upper hand here, and there's only so much I can do. I'm starting to give out. I know, my dear. I'm trying my best to ascertain a solution to our dilemma. The battle rages on in a place where time is not a factor as it was in the mundane world, but those of mortal flesh had begun to feel the wear of battle upon them. Eureka! Do you trust me? If it will end this in our favor, I do. Good. Dr. Phantom, we need you! <sighs> Dr. Phantom's blast of energy sent Hain and Belair flying back, giving the group a moment to gather and hear Solomon Stone's plan. What do you require of me to end this? The two of you will need to trust me for this to be successful. From what I've been reading, the flesh they wear makes them far more vulnerable than they think. I believe if we combine the power of the sword with the power of Dr. Phantom, we might be able to stop them. And before you ask, yes, without killing them. But how is that possible? The true potential of the sword will only work for its owner. You are an ethereal. Yes. Which makes you, for all intents and purposes, a ghost. Ghosts have the ability to possess the living form from time to time, depending on the type. So I am of the opinion that the same principle will apply here. So you're saying that Phantom and I will become one, so he can channel his power through me, and then the sword? In so many words, yes. Well, I like this plan. I say let's go for it. Then let us begin. The two become one in a flash of brilliant light. What have you done? I have just leveled the playing field, my friend. If my theory holds true, that flesh you wear will become your new form. And if you even risk using your true potential when it comes to your power, you will end your own existence. You will pay for this. Not if we have anything to say about that. A beam of onyx light rushed forward from the blade, hitting Hain and Belair. The beam then ruptured the chaos-filled void, sending them into the nothingness of existence. Solomon Stone, Dr. Phantom, and Crimson Moth, who are once again separate beings, appeared on the spot where Sapphire City's champion had fallen, and where the city had been leveled. But now it looks as though the wounds have been healed, and not by the automated repair machines of the city. The citizens of Sapphire City moved about their day as normal as though nothing had occurred. They were unaware of the presence of our heroic trio. 
what's going on? We succeeded where all others would have failed. So, are you saying we saved the day? And Mr. Adventure? I do believe that is the case. But as for Adventure... He has been returned to us as well, along with all others whom died by their hands. What about the Nazis? I will deal with them myself. I would hate to be in those Nazis' boots when Dr. Phantom arrives. So, I have a question. What is it, my dear? Will they know what happened? I doubt it, my dear. I believe we will be the only ones who will ever know any of this occurred. Wow, I guess that is how the mystical side of our work goes? Yes, I believe so. And that is why Mr. Adventure dislikes dealing with such matters. He is quite happy allowing heroes such as Dr. Phantom and myself to handle them. And now it looks like you, my sister-in-arms, have joined that club as well. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or bad. I still ask myself that very question every day. And with that said, this Halloween episode of Wickedly Haunting Pulp Adventures Radio Show, starring everyone's favorite hero of Shadow and Light, Dr. Phantom, Spectre of Death, comes to a close. And don't forget to be on the lookout for our Christmas special featuring Mr. Adventure vs. the Mob of Misfit Toys, which will be followed by the 2008 Mask of Darkness Tour. Also, fear not! The fates of both Hain and Belair, along with our new heroic trio of the supernatural, will be explored sooner than you think. And until next time, have an adventurific Halloween! The Amazing Pulp Adventures Radio Show was written and created by Davey Beauchamp. Directed by Rich Siegfried. Our cast comprised of J.R. Blackwell as the High Priestess and Mortis of Blackest Night, J. Tyson as Chanters 2, 4, 7, and Hain of Forever Hour, Christiana Ellis as the Crimson Moth, Jason Laponte as Chanters 5 and 6, our sponsor was portrayed by Jared Axelrod, Paul Fisher as Sergeant Broderick, the narrator, Mr. Adventure, Chanters 1 and 3, Belair the Tormentor, Andrew Rooney, Solomon Stone, the unknown voice, Dr. Phantom, and himself, played by podcasting's Rich Siegfried, and introducing Mer Lafferty as the Angel of Death. Special thanks to T. Morris, as well as Paul Fisher and Martha Holloway, whose help was invaluable. For the official Mr. Adventure t-shirt, please visit geeklabel.com. And for more of the amazing Pulp Adventures radio show starring Mr. Adventure, visit pulpadventures.net.